Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. The problem is the, the, the whole drug business in, in this city grew so big that everybody wants to be part of it. Actually, also my address was looked up by uh, Romanian criminals. I was actually uh, a girl who gave it to her boyfriend, who was a was an Albanian criminal. They looked up more than 100 addresses of lawyers, journalists. I'm Nicola Talent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. It's the diamond capital of Europe and the second city of Belgium. But Antwerp is also on par with Rotterdam as the largest entry point for cocaine into the continent. Last year, a record 110 tonnes of the powder was seized at the city's vast port where authorities are coming under pressure to do more to take on the drug gangs. But it's not really as simple as beefing up police numbers and investing in new scanning equipment. Antwerp is a unique city where smuggling and money laundering are deeply embedded in its history and its culture. Today, I'm meeting with Joris van der Rae, a colleague from the Gazette van Antwerpen who spent decades on the crime beat here. We discuss diamonds, drugs and dodgy deals as we travel this city and visit its enormous port. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. So this is the northern direction. The port is actually there, but the the biggest container terminals are actually on the, the left bank, but that's far, far from here, and that's quite difficult to film. I, I know a part of, uh, on the, re- the right side, the right side of this, uh, the river, where there are also uh, fruit uh, terminals, where there's a lot of uh, uh, activity from uh, uh, organized crime groups. And actually, why Antwerp is so popular is because this is the, the main port for the importation of fruits, fresh uh, is, yeah. uh, 
Um, also, Rotterdam is important to, uh, for the, the importation of fruit, but Antwerp is the most important port for fruit for the, uh, the rest of Europe. So, in all the supermarkets, mm-hmm. fruit comes in for, from Antwerp or, sorry, from Aftenbreek and, uh, and, and Rotterdam. So, it's fruit and it's... Fruit. It's, and it's, fruit comes from? South, South America. Yeah. So, that's the, one of the main reasons that it arrives here or in Rotterdam. We're in the car making our way towards this huge port where the number one problem is the amount of fruit entering the food markets of Europe from South America. We may like our cocaine, but we seem to like our bananas too. Like, it's kind of obvious, isn't it, the whole thing? It doesn't take uh-huh. rocket science to no. work out. No, You know, what was that, an old fruit market? No, that was not a fruit. This, these are what they call dry docks. It's for dry... In, in the Middle Ages, when there was uh, wood arriving, wood that was need for, needed for construction, right. it, ha- it had to dry. Mm. And these were the places that it was stored to dry. These were all, also all the warehouses, all these neighborhoods in the... In the 110 yeah. tonnes of cocaine was seized here in Antwerp last year alone. A guesstimate is that 10 times that made it through. So what's the point of doing anything when we're always on the back foot with the dealers? Or do these seizures actually make a difference? And what has been the effect of phone hacks by police, like the Sky ECC one? So it comes in, right, and a tiny percentage of us have seized, which was 110 <laughs> last year. Look at that beautiful castle. Um, and there's more for the, yeah. the dry docks. And um, I suppose once it's in and it starts to break up, it's just almost impossible to try and seize it. And really, in a way, we're getting also flabbergasted by it. But what's the point of seizing it? <laughs> I mean, seriously, like at this stage of the game. Yeah. What is the point? of seizing it because it's just going to keep flooding in, isn't it? it okay, is. you might cause somebody somewhere a problem in their pocket and, you know, they lose somebody money and a seizure will probably result in murders in the streets of Dublin or wherever, but... What Well... It's just... Um, you, what? But not seizing it is also another you can't a strategy. Mm. So... Of course, there uh, and, and with with the technology changing and um, uh, the success of uh, operations like Sky ECC, mm. my, what criminals are telling me that they're actually seizing quite a lot of cocaine. Okay. One, one main drug trafficker told me that he he stopped. Uh, for a few week, months or a few weeks because uh, his last six or seven transport were all confiscated. And he said, well, I'm losing too much money. I'm getting out of this game. Yeah, he said, I'm losing too much money now. I have to rethink my, our strategies. So, um, actually, I think they're seizing quite a lot, but they can make so much money on... Once they're, they're successful in... 
importing uh, a few thousand kilos, then then uh, you can you can afford to lose quite a lot. They can still suck up the losses. Now, well, try to. Must be getting fed up with cocaine as well. Getting fed up with the seizures and fed up with the whole thing. I think it's yesterday's game, and they're going to get try and get back into cannabis production in northern Spain. Yeah, yeah, well, well, there, there's so much attention on cocaine. I, I think really that even in Belgium, police are scaling down their capacity to. I don't say that for a fact, but my feeling is that other, mm. um, other terrains or other, uh, let's say, uh, specialties in crime like uh, uh, cigarette smuggling. You can make a lot of money with. Mm. Uh, there, there is no attention and there is no uh, priority on, on on those forms of crime. And uh, it's all cocaine. Everybody's talking about we have to stop uh, cocaine. There must be war on drugs. We have to the drug mafia, which is true, of course. It, something needed to be done in this city because it was like a huge freeway here. Mm. It was like they were rolling up everybody and and and. Thanks to Sky ECC, they they're pushed back a little bit. Yeah. Um, look, that, that's the, the the building of the Port Authority right. in Antwerp. That's a former uh, fire department building, and they put the, the sort of a diamond on it. We'll we'll I'll, I'll drive through uh, next to that uh, building. This is actually the old port of Antwerp, and it's now developed into residential area with very, very expensive apartments. Antwerp has a history, of course, and a deeply embedded tradition of smugglers and diamond trading. Its position near the Dutch border makes it a little like our own border towns, where moving goods becomes a career opportunity. Uh, And that was a place, the Mexico Nazi was a a company which was uh, working with Mexico, I think of the importation of uh, tropical wood and all that. And that still uses mm. the old name. And you you have uh, streets and uh, you have a Havana Street here. You have all these yeah. these streets referring to the the, the old uh, the old days in the in the port. That, uh, um. So this was always a really like way back. You're talking hundreds of years mm. ago. This was always an entry point into Europe. Yeah, it was the main one, yeah, or one of them anyway. Yeah, yeah. So. Like, there must be a really deep-seated history of smuggling anyway, is there? It is, and actually, not only the port, but also the, the Dutch border. Yeah. Which is quite near, mm-hmm. as you know. Um, and, and during wartime, and also before the European Union, the yeah. unified market, I remember my dad working in Holland and living in Belgium. He got controlled by customs every evening at the border. Oh, really? Really? And he really got chased, like, yeah. that, like customs officers yeah, on our front door because he was driving a Dutch car and they said, you cannot drive a Dutch car because you're living in Belgium. Like, we, we forgot that there were borders. Yeah. Uh, but it was the same in Ireland. You used to have to stop your car going into the north mm-hmm. and show them the boot and... People were going up and they were buying toilet rolls and coming back to Dublin. 
I remember that as a child. Yeah. I remember my mother going up over the border. I remember the place when, when, when my dad had his first, how do you call it, uh, jubilee at work. Yes. He was working like 25 years and he got presents, like bottles of whiskey and cognac. And he got stopped at the border and he had to pay a, a fine of 300 oh guilders, so under 50 euros, because he was importing liquor. Those were the days. Those were the days. And like, what? Look at, look at this now. So smuggling, of course, yeah. Uh, that's that's why the south of the Netherlands, the, these these groups, of what they call travelers, mm. these crime groups are so dominant in the underworld, more dominant than the Amsterdam mm -hmm. guys are. And are they from where? Well, from from uh, Breda, Eindhoven, Maastricht, the whole southern mm -hmm. uh, uh, border area. And they're involved in cocaine trafficking, production of cannabis, and of course, methamphetamine, ecstasy. It's, it's the people from the, the south of the Netherlands yeah. who are producing the ecstasy pills. They, they, they're really powerful. And, and really are they coming from a long history of smuggling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they were cheese smugglers, butter yeah. smugglers, oil. Um, this is the this is the torti torti. Now we're entering the the actual port area. Now this is the border. This is beyond our backs. Is the old the old port? Mm -hmm. It's now part of the city of Antwerp, and all that is part of the port authority's port area. But it's the diamond and the gold trade which has lured the criminals from all over the world into this melting pot of opportunity and money laundering. Near the main train station, the Diamond District is a bustling centre of trade, both legal and illegal. All the big league drug dealers have been collated here at one point or other. Christy Kinahan lived here. And of course... One of the first from Ireland who dipped his toe into the diamond market was George the Penguin Mitchell. You have to go and buy diamonds in Africa, where it's coming from, and then the origin, the certificates of origin, uh, the conflict diamonds. But it, if you go there, you go to Angola, I don't know, uh, other countries, you need cash. And not everybody has enough cash, so you have to go somewhere to people who have cash. Who have cash criminals. So there you have a, there's the first link. Yeah. Uh, secondly, um, well, if you if you want to transport a lot of money, if you buy some diamonds, it's easy to transport it to the rest of the world and go there and buy it and you have cash again. Or yeah. you use it to get a loan at a bank. I give you an example. 20 years ago, uh, An Orthodox Jew was arrested together with a jeweler, uh, some other Orthodox Jews from Amsterdam, and someone from South America who was bringing money to Antwerp, and the Jew was changing it. So what he did, actually what he did is put it in a counter and made uh, a few $500 notes mm. and put it back in a locker room and then somebody else of the organization. And one of the guys who went to Antwerp, because after he was arrested, there was a lot of uh, insecurity in, 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 in the underworld because, oh, there was their way of laundering the money. Mm. Some Russians were very uh, uh, insecure. They, they were worrying a little bit. And there was this guy uh, from Ireland. And he was, uh, he was really, uh, well, he, he, he was also working with, with this guest. And he, he was worried that he could launder his cash. 
And his, his name, uh, later I learned, was his nickname was the Penguin. So he came to enter 20 years ago, uh, and he also had was investing in uh, in Morocco in the tourism industry. He also had a Moroccan wife I learned 20 years ago. So later on, I knew that he was a almost mythical criminal, but we saw people like the Chaser. He was living in Antwerp. Uh, Kinan was here. Uh, also, the Penguin was was here, and he, they were exactly in the diamond industry. So I I guess it's the place where they try to get the volume of money they earn smaller. It's the first stage of laundering cash. The big so George. who knows what's, who's floating around the Diamond District today doing yeah. business? Who knows what you're seeing? A lot of, who don't even know what you're looking at? All the thieves from all of Europe come yeah. to Antwerp. If yeah. you have, when Kim Kardashian got robbed, the yeah. same day the jewels were in Antwerp and they were melted and disappeared. And they all come to Antwerp. All the thieves and it's the place where, and what, what these criminals want, the thieves want cash. And the drug criminals, they want gold. So they buy gold, the thieves are happy with the cash, go back to France, because a lot of traveler groups, thieves groups, come from France to Belgium, the Pink Panthers, for example, which is a very serious gang. Uh, a few months ago, there was a nice story, it was published on uh, Vice mm-hmm. a, few, a few weeks ago. What happened was that uh, a personal assistant of the, uh, I think the president of Qatar, uh, the personal assistant got groomed by a so-called psychic in the U.S. And he said, I've got problems and my, I'm not happy with my man, I'm not happy with my work. You have to su- send something personal and I will cleanse it. And then you feel better. Well, she sent some clothes, uh, some, some personal stuff to the, yeah. to the psychic cleanses so I still feel very bad. And he convinced her to send all the jewelry from the president of Qatar for at least 200 billion euros by, by uh, FedEx to the US and then the jewels disappeared. And then uh, a big wire company from London was here in Antwerp. Looking for, the row that night at the dinner table. Looking, yeah, looking for, they heard that these jewels were in Antwerp and they actually were in Antwerp. And later on they were discovered at in Christie's in London, and then the whole thing fell apart. Like, if, if there's a diamond or a jewel or uh, an exclusive uh, piece of uh, jewelry is stolen, they immediately come to Antwerp, they, it will come to the city. It's a small city, but there are many nationalities of the criminal underworld represented here. The most feared are the Mexicans, who are eyeing up the money that can be made. And more recently, the presence of the Albanians, who are muscling in across Europe and the UK with their unique style of doing business. The problem is the, the, the whole drug business in, in this city grew so big that everybody wants to be part of it. Everybody. So also not the very talented and also not the more, not the very smart ones. So you get conflicts with people who aren't thinking that business-wise, which results in totally ridiculous small wars, mm. conflicts with hand grenades, shooting at each other's mm. houses, uh, uh, firebomb attacks. Um, so there is more violence, but like, what's, what is strange, they're not ultra-violent like, yeah. like you see some groups yeah. in, in Amsterdam. 
fingers crossed, of course, but we don't see the, like... The wipeout of one group well, uh, we, or the two groups going... No, like the real uh, mafia-style executions, just a few the last 10 years. People did, some guys disappeared and ended up getting killed in, I don't know, we, what we see a lot is... Uh, kidnappings that they mm. take someone and pull them in in a car and 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 try to torture them. Uh, I can't understand why that is though. Is it some sort of a you know they got this unspoken pact that you don't bring murder to this town because there's too much at stake here? I think speaking for the the Moroccan uh, community, uh, which is heavily involved in, in in crime and drug trafficking, uh, in, in, in particularly. Uh, they're all family, you know. They mm. all know each other. Like you said about Dublin, you meet everyone. This, yeah. this is a, quite a small it's, city, mm. and um, the, there's also a different. These are one criminal once said to me, "Well, there is a reason that we don't uh, kill each other because actually we're not criminals; we're smugglers." There's a difference with the Dutch on the road. These were all. Uh, people coming from violent crime like robbing banks uh, robbing stores and they went into the drug business because there was a lot of money to make and actually we have a history of being smugglers mm. and we, we smuggle and if it's cigarettes we smuggle or uh, cannabis or cocaine or something else we don't mind it's just a commodity that we smuggle we're not actually criminals that was a strange explanation, but I can sense what he's meaning. Is that they don't have a violent culture. Mm. They just the want to make. They want just want to make money. Mm. But you know, you talk about them. Everybody knows one another, and you know, they're all a lot of them are family. Yeah, they're probably intermarried. That kind of thing. Yeah. That's exactly what made when those sort of that sort of tit for tat feuding kind of smaller events. Loaders in the Irish scene. Once it goes wrong, it, it can go. So it, can, it can go wrong yeah. very badly. So they all knew one another. They knew mm-hmm. everything about one another. The two sides that formed once worked together. So they knew routines. They knew where they lived. They were actually living cheek by jowl as well. And and that's in a very short period of time that feud resulted in eighteen murders within mm-hmm. literally a couple of years. You know. We can actually also, we know, if we know there's a conflict and there's a, like say, they attack one another's house, we can almost predict where the next, where the next attack will be. It's, it's easy, easy to lock up. You can look into companies and, and, and it's also very easy for them, but the, the degree of violence is still under control. We don't like it in, as, as normal Normal sentences, it's, it's not good to have uh, sometimes more four or five attacks on one in one street in a month. For people living there, it's it's terrible. But let's be honest, it's still not the Netherlands. It's still not no. Ireland, or uh, it's not like the real lethal violence, the the fatal. We don't have to see that much casualties, and let's let's hope it stays that way. But as you say. One time it can explode and then it's out of control. Hand in hand with criminals comes the corruption that goes with their dirty money. 
One of the standout discoveries from the Sky ECC hack was the levels of corruption that goes on here. While Antwerp doesn't have a high level or a problem with gangland murder, the business of crime has filtered into every aspect of civil society. Why do I? This is Europors. Here's where, where a lot of, also a lot of fruit is coming in. It's called the Belgian New Fruit Wharf, uh, which is also um, um, a place heavenly implicated. Not, not the company is not implicated, but people working there actually go there working to because they know we can be at service for criminal groups. Here we used to have this, what they call reefers. That's especially for fruit. These are actually, there's a cooling insulation. There you can see it. So the, the fruit stays fresh. It stays in a, in a constant temperature because like uh, bananas will be not good anymore if yeah, they yeah. have the chill. So I'm going to try to... It's like a star goes here in itself. Yeah, what's well, it's important. I can, well, let's, let's drive a little bit further. Have any of those that were implicated, like, you know, we were talking, when we were talking that about the, the Sky hack, that there was quite a few port workers and police and even local authority people had been kind of caught up in it. They were the first layer they were supposed to be going after from a policing point of view. Has any of that come before the courts yet? Yeah. Um, last week... Last week we had uh, convictions of uh, people living in a, people working in a, actually in a hospital who had access to our national database with addresses and she was bribed to look up addresses of port workers oh, really? in our national uh, register. Um, so they look and go and find people who have access to information and it can be in a hospital can be a secretary of a, of, a, of a doctor. It can be people working uh, at our uh, Ministry of Finance, uh, the tax administration. Um, actually, also my address was looked up by uh, Albanian criminals. And, and when did you find that out? In, during court. Oh I didn't even God. get a warning. So, like, uh, la, la, and you always found it out. Okay, that's me. Fuck. I never was warned, or I don't know why they needed my address. Also, my colleague, Sam, from Gazette from Montreal. I was actually uh, a girl who gave it to her boyfriend, who was a who was an Albanian criminal. So they looked up more than 100 addresses of lawyers, journalists, people working in the court. Yeah, yeah. If you're a parent and you have a 20-year-old son who, who wants to make good money, I mean, legally, you can make a good living in the port of Antwerp, but it's not a nice place to work anymore because certain areas are so important for the drugs mafia that everyone, mm -hmm. you can't avoid being in contact with them. Mm. You will be. You have to be very strong and very brave to resist the pressure mm -hmm. of those groups. All the new ones got, they, they, they're so in the, in the companies already, infiltrated. That as long as there is a new guy working, he immediately gets. They try to uh, get him into yeah. and, and to try to, to get him so into their network and, and do something for them. And if, if possible, bribe him. Mm -hmm. um, so 
So it's like, I was saying, The Wire. Remember that series, yeah, yeah, The Wire? Yeah. Where but it's, 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 exactly. it's worse than that. Yeah. Because sometimes you get conflicts between groups because everybody is corrupt in, on, on a certain place. Mm. Everybody's working together with... And if you're then someone who, who dislikes crime and dislikes drugs and you don't want to get involved, it's nearly impossible in some, some places. You know, is there evidence that they've gone forward then and approached them? Yeah. Threatened them? Yeah. No, threaten them, no, try to bribe them. Right. Try to get some things done. And, and, and even even someone, uh, you have in the port of Antwerp, um, there is an organization called SEPA, which does all the uh, administration for the workers that they get paid and all that. And even there, someone gave information to criminals about people who are asking money in front because they were short of money or who had uh, what they call uh, if, if you have debts they can take a part of your uh, a part of your money every month and that information was given to the crimson so they knew who, who they could make a profile of who was vulnerable to corruption and of course it's easier to bribe people than it is to force them yeah of course you know, because you have it's better to keep people happy than, than, than... See, it's all business. Yeah. It's all just like normal business. Yeah, but, but you, there's some uh, Dutch criminal groups who don't understand that. And that they're working with full force or some groups from former Yugoslavia or from Serbia or Bosnia who are extremely violent and think, you're going to do that for us. But it's like uh, a lot of what they call uh, last-minute jobs. Fuck, we have a problem. There's a lot of cocaine, we can't get it out. And the Albanians, are they a long time in the business here? Or are they yeah. new? Because they're, they're, yeah. they seem to they're be emerging. Have, they have their networks here already from in the, the late 90s. Yeah. But then they were uh, more involved in uh, human trafficking, yeah. like prostitution rings, uh, extortion, like just fattening people and asking money. And now they're, uh, because they, they teamed up with, uh, let's say, Indrangheta, uh, the Italians. Uh, the, the, the fact that they are so strong is uh, that because they control, they like to do business with their own people. And they like to control the whole, um, the whole market, like not only the importation in the ports of Antwerp, but also the wholesales and also dealing on the streets. They keep it in their own. Here you have people specializing in importing, specializing in helping, helping other groups to get it out of the port. It's a specialty. And this is what the local groups are uh, specialized in. They have contacts. And actually, what they do is they sell their contract. We, we have containers, we have a, transport, a, a driver, we know, know people who can uh, uh, manipulate the train. We got information uh, in, in the companies, and they're selling their contacts and their uh, know how. And that's actually there. Some some groups are financially powerful enough to invest in own uh, uh, transport lines and own uh, loads of cocaine. Um, but what what the Albanians do is they build a whole network from from themselves, and they they make money at every level of the business. And they're disciplined, and they're willing to use violence if it's needed. Their reputation goes before them, though, doesn't it, as well, the mm -hmm. Albanians? Like, mm -hmm. you know, they're very feared. They're feared because they're, they're disciplined mm. and they will take action.
but they also guarantee we will deliver. So if we have a deal, we'll come up to the deal, our part. We will do our part of the deal. So they're, uh, they have a, a reputation of being trustful as well. And not to mess with. And, and there you have the, the image of the, the Morgan groups is cheating each other, stealing. Uh, Willful violence, like, is now definitely mm-hmm. going to be linked to them, isn't it? Yeah. The, and they're very, you know, they're very superior, I think, as well. They have an attitude of superiority. That, well, maybe the Albanians do too, do they? Mm-hmm. But the, 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 the Italians also have it. They, they see themselves as the, the elite of... Mm. And we have Italian activity as well in Belgium, together with, with Hillbanies. We saw it in a, in a recent investigation uh, in another part of the country, but there were also searches here in, in, in this city. There has been Andrangheta activity in Rotterdam, mm. in Antwerp as well. So the whole world is here. The one thing that's most feared is that Mexicans try to get a foot here in, in the country. And it started with they 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 produce a lot of methamphetamine with, with together with the Dutch groups and in Spain and also here in this part of the country they try to get a part of the cocaine business as well. And I think the police fears that if that happens we're going to see different levels, levels of violence. Yeah. Because they see that Europe is the markets. Yeah. First they took the American markets, the, the US markets, and then the Colombians concentrated on Europe because the Mexicans took it from them. And now they see that the European market is far more important than, than the US markets. In Spain, there was a, they, they see a Mexican cartel activity and also in Amsterdam they... They arrested some Mexicans trying to get involved in, in the drug business. And I hear from some criminals that they're trying to team up with Mexicans. So it is happening. Yeah. And uh, like one of our main, one of our prominent drug traffickers, I don't like to name people, we intercepted a small film where uh, Mexican traffickers in Mexico, in, 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 the, in, in, in the woods in Mexico, are threatening uh, a, a guy from Belgium, uh, his, his niece got murdered. His niece got murdered here in Antwerp. And he said, that guy who is living in Dubai yeah. and someone from Mexico is threatening him with his face, recognizable, and he, he, he points me and said, Mister, you have to, you have to uh, do what you promised before he come to your door. Like, look, okay, this is not a nice uh, film to see. I think what the poli- people fear, uh, the police fears, is that the Mexicans are trying to get food on the on the continent here in the, into the cocaine business because the Mexicans, of course, see that there's a lot of money to be made. Authorities in Antwerp are trying desperately to clean up this port. A hundred extra officers have been promised to monitor shipments with new high-tech X-ray equipment on the way. But like every aspect of the war on drugs, it seems like a losing game, with cocaine flooding in on an unstoppable wave. And all the while, demand for Colombia's finest export continues to grow, as European users party hard while funding an incoming storm of narco-terrorism. 
You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Claude Amini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Or why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe. Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary.